first of all, the attempt to get closure doesn't work because in that moment, there's too much pain to even see what the heck happened a lot of times. Welcome to Making Polyamory Work. Hi, I'm Libby Sinbeck, and I want to thank you for being with me today. I'm a queer polyamorous mom and a relationship transformation coach, and I'm here to help you if you're feeling stuck, if you're struggling, if you want your relationships to be more nourishing, more functional, more authentic, and full of love. On my show, I go deep into what actually makes polyamorous relationships work, because relationships are at the core of our well-being as humans. I think love is why we're here and how we heal. So you might be aware that last week I presented a workshop on breaking up, how to break up better. And one thing that happened in the workshop is one of the participants asked a really good question about getting closure at the end of a relationship. And I thought that my answer was something that more people needed to hear. So what I'm doing for today's episode is I've actually taken a snippet of the workshop recording where I answer this question and I'm offering it to all my listeners of Making Polyamory Work. So I hope you enjoy hearing my thoughts about closure. So let's just dive in. So some, this is another question. Owning your part in things was brought up early on, and I'm interested in learning how to ask someone to do this when it's needed to help with closure. Okay. Are you ready for this? This is not the moment to get closure. In the process of a breakup is not the moment you're going to get closure. Closure comes a month later, six months later, A year later, five years later, and I'm sorry to be the bearer of that, but the truth is in the moment when things are ending is not the moment to have an accounting of everything that happened. It's the moment to give people a lot of space to make sense of it all. And I think that that's the problem. We think that because breaking up is painful and again, it's painful whether you are the one who says, oh my gosh, I have to end this or whether you're the one who's saying, oh my gosh, I'm being left. It's painful for everybody. And a lot of times what we do with with the reason why we want closure is because we think if we have closure that that's gonna give us relief from the pain. And unfortunately, first of all, the attempt to get closure doesn't work because in that moment, there's too much pain to even see what the heck happened a lot of times. And even if you're clear on your story of what happened, the other person's going to have a different story. And if you're in that moment, insisting on trying to get a shared reality, when what you're really trying to do is separate, it's just not going to work. And it sucks. I want to be the first to say that I've been in that situation where I don't understand what happened and it just hurts. And I just want to make sense of it so that it stops hurting. That's our brain trying to protect us, right? Our brains really like to solve puzzles and make coherent narratives because when we do that, 
it like literally squirts out dopamine in our brain. We get rewarded for it. We feel better when we can make a coherent narrative out of something. And I encourage you to do that, but you can't do it in a shared way in the context of a breakup. You just can't. And I would say that you can't even do it in the context of an active conflict. <laughs> when you're actively like triggered and flooded with someone and you're, and you're actively ha- you know, in a disagreement, a lot of times the only way you can get to a place where you can actually share a reality with each other is after you've taken a break, calmed down, reflected, and then you can come back and then maybe you can get that closure. And again, only if that person is willing to put in that labor of talking to you about it, which if they broke, if they're in a relationship with you, I hope they will. If they're, if you're breaking up, they may really just want to move on and that's okay. And it's okay to try to make a narrative for yourself without their participation. And that might be how you have to achieve closure. And honestly, there are times when I've achieved closure on a relationship only years later. If you're trying in a moment of breaking up to get the other person to see what they did, that is just going to perpetuate a process. It's going to, it's going to stymie the process. It's going to keep it stuck and you're going to be fighting instead of lovingly separating. So I don't recommend looking for closure. Again, it's, it's, in this moment, the goal isn't to try to get on the same page. The goal is to close the book. Now, that is one small clip of a two-hour-long workshop. But I don't want to leave you hanging with just, yeah, you can't get closure right now, so suck it up. Instead, I want to give you some other things you can do instead of seeking closure. One thing that I think really helps is to think of a breakup like an injury or maybe the culmination of a series of injuries that now you are ending by ending the relationship. But as I said, when we're in that moment of a breakup, we are in pain, either pain because we needed to leave or pain because we're being left or both just the loss. We want that closure to relieve the pain, but closure in this context is more analogous to healing, which just takes time. And in the moment of a breakup, what you need to address that pain is first aid. What you need is to reduce inflammation, cover the wound, prevent it from being agitated, apply ice, pressure, a bandage, rest. So here's what first aid looks like in the context of a breakup. First, just space. So that is like a bandage on the wound. It is going to protect you and the other person from inflicting any more damage. It feels like the opposite thing you want to do, but I promise you going no contact or minimal contact or setting a lot of very strong protective boundaries is going to help the pain subside and stop any further wounds. The next thing is to actually, and this is the one that kind of sucks, is to tune into your pain rather than trying to alleviate it right away. Now, this is the classic thing of feel your feelings, y'all. Allow whatever is there to be there. 
You might notice rage or sadness or love or longing or gratitude or peace or relief. There's so many feelings that can get wrapped up in a breakup scenario. And I think we really miss out when we don't allow them to be there. And as we are allowing our feelings and listening to our feelings, that's when the healing can start because we will start to understand within ourselves what is happening and what we're responding to. And, you know, in the same way that if you are injured and you want to figure out how to best care for the injury, you have to tune into your body and figure out where it actually hurts. Where does the soothing need to be applied? Where is there a significant injury where you might need some medical attention, etc.? So this is that. Now next piece of first aid is to create any kind of practice that you can to help you move through those feelings. So If the feeling is anger, rage, or a last word that you didn't get in, sometimes the thing that can really help is to write it out or (laughs) rant to the person when you're driving in the car and there's no one in the car with you and just get out whatever it is you really needed to say or what you needed that other person to know without actually sending it to them or sharing it with That can really help. Just get it out of you. But don't share it. And I would also be mindful to not share it with like people that you both know either. Like if you have a trusted friend that you can vent to who you know will be a vault for these thoughts and feelings, that's perfect. But just be mindful of who you share with. Next, accept that you are injured and therefore you may be not as capable, (laughs) you might not be at your top capacity. You may in fact be cognitively impaired by the grief and the pain. So I recommend slowing down your decision-making. This is not the time to cut bangs, (laughs) probably. Next, find soothing. And again, by listening to the pain, it's going to help you find what kinds of soothing you really need. Because soothing runs the gamut. Soothing could be self-indulgence like comfort food or a warm blanket or binge watching a show. I want to say I really am in favor of these things, but I think it's important to be aware of whether you're using it as self-soothing or whether it is a form of either self-harm or dissociation. Because using these kind of things in that way can definitely get in the way of healing. And any of these other things that I'm going to suggest... Like, you know, moving your body, getting more sleep, deciding to pick up a new activity or spend time with friends. All of those kinds of things can also be soothing and nourishing. They can also be ways of self-harming or dissociating. So you just got to notice what you're doing. And that is, you know, goes in with the feel your feelings, notice what's going on with you, have a consciousness and a mindfulness about what you're doing and why and what the effect of it is. And lastly, a thing that's really going to help just overall is just to keep reminding yourself that whatever your story is, is your story and it matters. And you get to do with it what you want, right? And at the end of the day, thinking about what's going to serve you, 
how you're going to construct this and how you're going to grow from this or learn from this or move through it, make different decisions next time. All of that, again, it goes back to what I said on my podcast about disruption. It can give you an opportunity for growth rather than trauma. So that's what I have to offer you about why you can't get closure right when you're breaking up with someone and what to do instead. If you want more than this, this is like the 10 minute version of my breaking up workshop. I have over two hours of workshop material on breaking up well that if you're interested is still available. It's available via recording and you can find it on my website and it's only $27. So it's, you know, not that expensive. And um, I welcome you checking it out if you'd like. Otherwise, thanks for being here, y'all. And I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions uh, or thoughts about what I've said, or you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me via my website, LibbySinback.com. You can email me at Libby at LibbySinback.com. You can find me on social media, and I'm fine with DMs if you want to do that. I read every message that I get. Sometimes it takes me a while to get to recording an answer for you, so just keep that in mind. If you are loving the things I say on my show, but you are thinking you want to figure out how to bring some of these ideas into your own life and you need help, this is the work I do with my coaching clients every day. If you're interested in seeing if coaching is a good fit for you, you can go to talktolibby.com or libbysinback.com apply to sign up for a free coaching session with me to see if we're a fit. If you love this podcast and you want more people to listen to it, then share it, please, and subscribe and write reviews. Uh, I especially could use some reviews on my Facebook page. Also, if you have not liked me on social media, I am like this close to having a thousand followers. And that feels like such a small number in this world of, of influencer brouhaha, but man, I would celebrate like heck if I got a thousand followers. In fact, you can email me and tell me, how do you think I should celebrate if I got to a thousand followers? <laughs> um, Anyway, thank you again for joining me today and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you.